Hi, I'm Joel. And I'm Kishan. And this is Tea for Two. This is our BFF podcast where we talk about anything from science to popular culture, the arts, and life in Singapore. Hi everyone, it's me, Joel, a playwright and performer! And it's me, Kishan, a science educator! And welcome back to T42! It is our best friend podcast. Yep, yep, yep. Where we talk about whatever the friend called Caleb we want! Mm. Friend called Caleb. My dear friend, my dear friend. I know uh, Caleb very well. You know, in all the years that I've known you, Kishan, yes. I have never met Caleb before. Yeah! Is it? yeah. Uh, next time, one day, I introduce him. He sounds like such a kinky little piece of shit, he doesn't he? <laughs> he can be. He can be. He can be. Can he? All around nice guy. All around nice guy. <laughs> mm. How are you, Kishin? Oh, you know, like the same. School start already very sien. Very boring at this topic. And I'm how's, done. how's your friend Caleb? <laughs> My friend Caleb is also a bit sien out. La. Oh, it's it, it's it. We, yeah. we should meet and have lunch together I know, sometime. I know. Maybe you already have. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just didn't know his name was Caleb. Correct. Maybe I correct. thought his name was Wei Tie. Yeah, that's right. Because he is so Chinese. Right? Know? He's such a Chinese. Huh? <laughs> yeah. And how are you, Joe? Uh, exhausted. How is 2022 treated you? I, I feel like it's fake. Yeah. Huh? I feel like I was telling you guys earlier. Oh, like, oh, I feel yeah. like uh, it was. I'm still in 2021. Uh, cool. It's yeah. like. it's like I, I still feel like I'm in 2020. Uh, like, no, I, feel like, I feel like I'm in the 15th century. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, not a good time. No, that's not a good time. <laughs> we, but we're here to have a good time today, aren't we? Yeah. We're here to have a good time because it's Gay, gay Part, part two, 2 featuring our dear friend Nicholas Nicholas the Hello. She's back. She's, She's back. back. She is. She's caffeinated, vaccinated, freshly masturbated. <laughs> oh, I did not need that last part. Freshly <laughs> okay. masturbated. Yeah. It, it, is, do you not have a self-care routine? Mm. I think I do. I'm not sure if masturbation... I don't think of masturbation as self-care. Oh, oh yeah. You should start. You should yeah, start. No, let, let's not even unpack that. <laughs> That's not, if, for me, it feels like a combination of chore and torture. What? Yeah. Let, girl, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> let's, oh my let's not. God. If, there, you, if there are any like sex therapists out there, please get in touch. <laughs> oh I feel like I need help. I think since episode one, they've been listening and just shaking their heads. They realize this person should not be putting their view on the air yeah, yeah. taking notes yeah, right, and like right. case someone's study do, yeah. <laughs> someone's doing a PhD essay on this oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the podcaster known as Jota correct yeah. <laughs> but how are you Nicholas yeah oh my God, so I feel like you know similar a bit bit exhausted you know yeah. January has been kind of like really pounding me in a bad way alright yeah it's just like I'm just like flat out you know like that sculpture that's right now at the National Gallery that metal one. Oh, yes, yes. the one with the balls sticking the one with out the balls exactly sticking out, yes. everybody talks about the big balls the big yeah. metal balls yes, yes that is a pretty hot sculpture mm-hmm. it does like represent my desires but also my state of mind oh. yeah <laughs> interesting it's very impressive it's a multifunctional mm, like yeah. from the front is how you look from the back that's what you want yeah correct <laughs> wow that was so precise <laughs> Anyway, we're here in part two of our gay theme episode mm. where we have a task ahead of us, which is to finish answering a bunch of questions yes. that you guys mm. sent in to us many moons ago many on moons an Instagram ago. poll. And we're just sorry, sorry by the way that we've taken so long to come up with yeah. another episode. Between all of us, we've been super busy. Hello, sorry, not sorry. La. Can I just say, yeah. we are hustling gays, mm. you know, and we're gays on a mission exactly mm. yeah but we finally found some time correct to get back to this like Herculean task exactly yeah. Herculean because, because we owe it to the children don't we Nicholas correct I do oh, they've been pining yeah. yes I love this unholy trinity <laughs> <laughs>
Hi, welcome back, everybody. Hi. So we are now going to pick up on our procrastination <laughs> <laughs> and finally answer the last five questions you have from your Instagram poll. Mm. Yeah, given mm. like one month ago. Do you even, dear listeners, remember those questions? Because if you don't, it's okay. <laughs> We're just going to answer them anyway. Yes. Okay, what's the first question, Kishin? All right, the first question. When did you first realize you were queer? Asking as a bi who only just figured out. Oh, congratulations, bi who just figured out. Ah, Congrats. Congratulations. Congrats. Yeah. Congratulations, Belle. Yay. <laughs> you know, every time um, every time I, I hear about bisexuality, I remember a panel um, at Indignation uh, and it was very cleverly titled Bifocals. <laughs> <laughs> also a nod to, you know, how myopic many Singaporeans oh, are. Yes. Well yes. done. Yeah, well done, sis. <laughs> so, when did you first realise you were yeah. queer, Nicolas? Oh, gosh, gosh, gosh. You know, I, I, for me, right, I think that this is a very layered experience because I've mm. always known that I was different. I just didn't have the yeah, words It was just your it. voice, right? I know. Yeah, something it was like... But you know what? Strangely enough, right? Strangely enough, can you believe? I think that I was pretty shy growing up. <laughs> I guess you're making up for it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much of our adulthood is like making up for our childhood? True. No, right? but I think a lot of these differences because we didn't know how to manifest it just went away and then we came across as shy lah. Uh, right? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Right. No, but I mean also because, you know, like I physically look different, right, from the rest oh, of right. the general population. Oh, okay. For our dear listeners who can't see, right, mm-hmm. Nicholas DeRose, as you might imagine from the name, is a bit of an ang mm-hmm, Yeah, mm-hmm. but they also got Asian features. I guess I you know. call it a mixed race. Mixed mix race. race. Mix like, mixed race. Rice. Like mixed rice, rice. Uh, mixed rice. Yeah. yeah. So my my father's Belgian, my mother's Chinese. I was born and raised in Singapore, and you know, uh, at that time, really, uh, you know, my father was the only Angmo in the village. You know, what I mean, <laughs> literally, literally the only. This is the you know before like expats flooded our shores. You know, what I mean. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, besides Raffles lah. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, the original, the, the OG, the OG expat, <laughs> the OG Angmo, <laughs> the OG Angmo, who came and fucked off real quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like many of them do. Yeah. yeah exactly. And then died four years later. <laughs> yeah. So you you were growing up. And you know, and I and I always, you know, felt different, right? Because, you know, I was, you know, looked very Caucasian, you know, my hair was a lot lighter. Uh, my friends tell me that it was almost blonde. I've I can't believe it. Um, you know, because my hair's so dark now, right? I constantly dye it, you know what I mean? Uh to get rid of white hairs. Um and I started to sort of form a, an awareness of my difference, really. And I remember this very clearly uh, when I was... Uh, I used to stay on the 24th floor of uh, this block. Okay. okay. A little bougie place called Amberville. Oh. oh. Yeah. And it was overlooking the sea and I lived on the very 24th nice. floor. Uh, and I had to go on the lift and the lift had a huge mirror. And I remember because I was going downstairs to play at the playground with my friends. And as I was descending from the 24th floor, I looked in the mirror... I looked in the mirror and there was this very matrix moment <gasps> where I noticed the colour of my eyes. Oh. And the colour of my eyes were not black. <gasps> and I looked left and I looked right. And I wondered why were my eyes not black? Because the rest of my classmates' eyes were black. Oh. Yeah. So that I've formed sort of an awareness of this difference, race physical difference, yeah. basically. Wow. Right? 
And so by the time I, I reached, uh, you know, the first floor, I realized that I looked different. So that was, you know, the first time I noticed that I looked different. And and this sort, I can sort of see how this segues into a, a, a dawning queerness as well in mm. a weird way, right? Yeah, because so you, then, start think, you start attending to the ways in which you are different. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So then you, you, you have this sort of, then I realized that, okay, you know, I'm, Maybe I'm different in more ways than one. Right. <laughs> Name the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like some sort of performance art. Like, no, that's, okay. And then what? What were some of the first stirrings of like sexual for you? Oh sexual gosh, no yeah. stirrings, explosion, girl. Wow. There was no stirring, girl. I wow. remember vividly, accurately, names, details. It's all gonna go in my memoir. So basically, it, I was in secondary two. I was fourteen years old, and it was the boy in front of me at Chinese class. At St. Patrick's Secondary School. Oh my god! Ah. Yeah. It was the boy next to me in class as well. <laughs> oh, our elbows, Christ. our elbows used to just touch gently, oh my and gosh. I would get like faucet wet. <laughs> Just like oh, from oh, that oh, tiny bit of flesh on girl, flesh. Girl, yeah. I will up you one. Oh, okay, please girl, do. Girl, girl, I will up you one. Oh so my god, I'm so scared. You're <laughs> so scared. I'm so scared. I'm sure Caleb has a wonderful story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> please one up us. Please. Yeah. So basically, right, this boy uh, who was with me in Chinese class in secondary school, uh, you know, was very popular in class. He was a wushu. Uh, person he did martial arts <gasps> he was very good at sports oh my god you know very straight A student and Ooh. somehow you know we got close together and somehow somehow I don't know why um, <laughs> you know el- the elbow the elbow thing uh, right uh. for me it was us uh, riding the bus together oh, as our stop. shoulders were rubbing oh, yes, oh yes, my yes, god, god. <laughs> yeah. oh I love a shoulder to shoulder moment yeah yeah yeah, yeah. E- even yeah. to this day right when I'm out with someone and we don't know quite yet what we feel about each other. It's the shoulders yeah. that mm-hmm. do it for me. It's the mm-hmm. sexy innocence of yeah, it. Yeah, it's the touching yeah. of the shoulders. And mm-hmm. sometimes when you see like two boys in public, right, then it's the gentle touching of the shoulder that indicates the kind of queerness, mm-hmm. even if they don't want to hold their hands. Exactly. You know? Oh, there's something, something quite beautiful about the yeah. shoulder to shoulder. And so yeah. we got to know each other in secondary school and we got you know, really close to each other, you know, after we graduate set, um, uh, SEC 4 and then we were both waiting to go to Tomasic Poly, right? Mm. Right. And, you know, uh, another like moment is like, you know, we would we'd watch movie together, just the two of us and then afterwards he would say, hey, do you want to go get ice cream? <gasps> right? And then we would sit down and both of us would share waffle and ice cream together. Oh, so yeah. cute. It gets even better. Oh my God. Yeah. So, um, so before uh, the day to go and register for Polly, right? Right. You know what I mean? I love so how this admin. Yeah, <laughs> this, it's admin. Say, hey, do you want to stay over? He <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> says the the R21 bell is it? <laughs> yeah, R21 bell. But you're not yet 21 in this story. <laughs> the censorship board is this. <laughs> Are we peddling obscene material? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do carry, yeah. do carry on. Okay, so See, he asked, "Do you want to stay, stay over? over?" Oh my god! Yeah, you know, my parents are not home, <gasps> <laughs> so I go over to his house, right? And we are in the room together. Oh my god! And uh, there's uh, he's got one single bed, right? Uh, but he's laid out a mattress at the bottom. Oh right. yeah, masla masla. Yeah yeah As an option. <laughs> <laughs> so right. Nothing happens at night, right? So we both fall asleep. The Aww. next morning, <gasps> I wake up, right? And it's time because we have to go to a poly, right? So I go 
and wake him up and say, hey, it's time to get out. It's time to get out. He jumps out of the covers and we start wrestling <gasps> for no apparent reason. What? We wrestle on the bed and we fall down and he pins me down on the mattress. Our faces <gasps> are so close apart. We are breathing the same air. Our eyes lock and time for a moment stops. And then I look away. He rolls off me and pretends like nothing has happened. Oh my god. <laughs> you know like <laughs> I think this is the most sex you've had, Joe. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That is absolutely hot. the queer experience. <laughs> it's fucking hot. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, what a sad and beautiful story. Yeah. Have you yeah. reconnected since? And let me tell oh. you, right, I still remember <laughs> this moment so vividly because this was the point where I had to decide whether or not to risk our friendship. Oh, oh. the classic conundrum. Exactly. Do I kiss him or do we remain friends? Oh, how old were you guys again? Uh, 16, 16, 16, 16. Yeah. You were 16 going on 17. Exactly. Oh. Did you guys remain friends for a while? So, no, because uh, what happened was is that it just got consistently you know, worse and worse because oh. I knew after that point I was completely head over heels. You know what I mean? Then I tell you, there was a moment where... I had a dream about him and I woke up from my bed and my arms physically ached to hold him. Oh. oh. That is how bad oh it was. Oh my god, this is all the emo gay poetry I was <laughs> reading <laughs> back in the day. I feel this is vintage homosexuality. I don't know that the kids experience this now I don't want to gaslight them but wow this is a very specific like uh, terroir yeah. of homosexuality <laughs> wow yeah wow. so it is at that point when I woke up you know and my arms physically to ache to hold him that I realised that I needed to let him go Wow. That's a difficult decision. Wow. Yeah. Okay, okay. Beautiful, okay. beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Really? Caleb. Caleb. Caleb's first stirrings of when he was queer. Mm. I think actually, like you, Joel, it started with what Caleb saw on TV. Ah. Yeah, I, I think it started with cartoons. Yeah, so what cartoons made Caleb gay? <laughs> Well, not gay. Because I don't think Caleb had the language or the vocabulary to understand what was happening. Right. But Caleb was, was fixated on very muscular characters like Captain Planet. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Captain oh, Planet. Captain Planet. Yeah, mm-hmm. not only saving the Earth eh, in those tights. But also, <laughs> in a very weird way, Dr. Blight. Dr. Blight? The one oh with the, my God. the bob hair. I remember. Because she was a kind of like lesbian I remember. Like, yeah. like icon for yeah. me. Even okay. not even if I didn't know. I don't know if you know Captain Planet. Yeah, but, like, I know Captain Planet. Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah oh my God. Yeah. yeah, But for me, it was Batman and Robin. Oh, of course. Mm, of course. The various 
uh, incarnations, the live action one from mm-hmm. the 60s or whatever where they were wearing that spandex. The live action mm-hmm. one is a special sort of oh, wow. interesting. A yes. special kind of like dirtiness mm. there. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah, and really. like, it's always, always fixating on the figure of Robin. Of course. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's just something very fucking gay ha- mm. happening there. Yeah. And then yeah. Like, Every incarnation of Robin just made me feel a little bit like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Correct. Bit, yeah. yeah. Then yeah. there was also... Make a little butt butt. <laughs> make, make my little butt butt. <laughs> my, my, my gross. <laughs> Your little Robin. <laughs> oh my gross. Gross, gross. Actually, the, the, the Robin's my prostate. La. <laughs> <laughs> red, little red-breasted Robin that you are. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do ca- do continue. There uh, was uh, also MacGyver. I don't know if okay. many people remember MacGyver. I don't know how come Caleb was watching MacGyver. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Caleb was fascinated with MacGyver because Caleb uh, was interested in like science, engineering. <laughs> no, you, know, you need to explain who MacGyver so is. So MacGyver is this character in this TV series, and he would always get into these difficult situations, and he would find innovative ways to get out of them like he would take a matchstick and like create a bomb you know ah, that sort of thing it was fascinating right and there was something very alluring like, about him but, that but, found. but MacGyver is also like a total beast of a man right yeah he had a yeah. mullet like. mullet yeah <laughs> just that kind of really like boom chicka wow wow yeah kind of so there's a lot of that so, but again Caleb didn't have the vocabulary to understand what this was all about until much later and there was a lot of like Playing around in primary school with um boys with boys la, but it mm. was very like he he ha he he ha ha like you know like uh touch here touch there ah, yeah ah. but but it it was exciting yeah but didn't quite understand yeah, why yeah. I I I think that's that's always like I was really moved listening to the way you were describing Nic- Nicholas how for you is your intuitive answer was to think about the difference you experience on a racial level mm-hmm. yeah. because I feel like actually a lot of queerness doesn't start out in a sexual way but as an understand it's a kind of like embodied experience right mm-hmm. of feeling in your body like qu- you feel the queerness in your body and for a lot of us like um, queer men I, always, I, I, I don't want to speak for everybody but I, I, I think that there is a, there is a familiar- familiarity and love for the feminine as well mm. right like I think we, we sought I mean I definitely sought out other very effeminate men yeah, at the time ah, boys in I school see. and there was a kind of like shared understanding of what that space meant and there's a short understanding of like what it felt how it felt on our bodies mm. uh, that later when we started to throw ourselves against other bodies became sexual but before mm-hmm. it was sexual there was a Actually, to call this not sexual is also wrong because it is mm. sexual, right? The way you feel in your body is sexual. But then like an understanding that, oh, okay, there's something not quite... Um, not quite male, quote unquote male about yeah. me. Yeah, you know, you feel that difference, and it yeah. sits, you know, yeah. like physically in your body. Yeah. I mean, like mm. you know, to 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 you know, I absolutely, I absolutely hit, hit the nail on the head because I did ikebana in secondary school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> girl. <laughs> Girl, if no one knew then, <laughs> what was oh, going on? Let me tell you my crowning accomplishment, please, of, please, of being in St. Patrick's Secondary School. Mm-hmm. Tell. In St. Patrick's Secondary School, right? I and along with another queer boy, right, would win the Chinese New Year decoration <laughs> competition oh. for all four years. Well done. That I was in St. Pat's. I was my class. Aesthetics I see Two years in a row wow. It was my job To oversee the decoration Of the classroom back, mm-hmm. uh, Fascinating Notice board yeah. yeah Caleb was the cleanliness I see For all four years 
Okay, what, there is a pattern here. <laughs> there like is a I'm pattern a here. Trend. There is a trend alert. <laughs> it is like <laughs> being drawn to fucking chow aqua things. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, let language, sorry, you, language, let me, sorry, let language. Let me yeah. tell you the level of chakwa. Like for one uh, can year, we, can we abbreviate to CAQ? <laughs> yeah, this was this was an abbreviation that was taught to me by the in uh, by by Taitong. Oh, yeah. CAQ, CAQ, the CAQ. Yeah. Let me tell the level of CAQ, right? <laughs> for one Chinese New Year, one Chinese, New Year, I constructed an entire Chinese pavilion and pawn inside the class. Wow. Okay. Let me tell you Holding space Extras, holding space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Right So basically We we cut um, uh, a Blue colour uh, Circular blue colour thing <laughs> On the floor We created lotus leaves And lotuses Fuck off We stacked the We stacked the chairs And tables Into a pavilion And I stole my mother's Antiques Tea set And opium pipe To put inside The pavilion When the teacher came We served her Oranges and tea <laughs> And did she just sit there and go, we need to talk? <laughs> or like, no need to see the rest, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> this one wins. Yeah, this one wins. Yeah. Right? Wow. No, but then weren't you just competing with the other gays from other classes? Yeah. Uh. So in, in particular, there was another gay. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was quite... He was quite sore because for all four years consistently he would lose. Did he just make uh something out of leather? No, I mean yeah. like I mean, <laughs> this is the field lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the the is the mask femme yeah. binary. <laughs> no, but he was he was pretty femme himself. I mean like I mean this is a guy that at one point had a fox tail coming out of his pants. You know what I mean? Like yeah, oh, there was one, so there was a trend at a period of time where kids would hang long animal tails. I, I seem to remember no this. this. I feel like what today it would read very differently. Yes. Today it would right. read very differently. Right. Yeah. It was, was a it was like was a it? it was a they Japanese like, inspired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trend. They would wear a little like um uh animal tails. Sometimes they wear animal ears as well. To just be cute. To uh. be cutesy yeah, little yeah, animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah but God. now the, now it's a sort of like fetish, I think. Yeah. 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 Let's not speak to that. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, he only won after we left, la, after we graduated. Right. Ah, okay. Yes, yes. The, the old queens had to get out of the way. Yes, yes, yes. fascinating and lovely, right? Just this alignment with things that aren't in the culture, at least traditionally thought of as masculine and just being super fucking drawn to that because mm. it, it energized us and I think continues to energize us does. Mm. which is why I think right this goes to the heart to me for me at, of the whole mask femme um, <clears throat> uh, uh, conflict that happens in the in, in gay male circles right it's mm. I, I, I personally feel like very masculine men while I hold space for them um, I think the you know the femphobia that's so rampant in gay culture actually is I, I, I sometimes wonder if it's a rejection of that experience of boyhood feminists, if it's a rejection of our t- our collective experience of the closet mm. where we are made to feel ashamed for these things for liking the soft so things. Active yeah. rejection yeah. of an active that. rejection of the trauma of that space. Right. But then but then by enacting it on other queers, mm. you know, becomes a way of, of re-traumatizing others. Yeah, and perpetuating and the perpetuating whole thing. The whole mm-hmm. thing. And, and sometimes I wonder if it's actually a kind of, like, uh, letting go of one's queer um, heritage, personal, you know, experience of queerness. Because, I, I, I again, I don't want to say that all queer boys sure. grew up femme, but, like, I think I'm so... I know so many gay men who, who report very similar, you know, experience, childhood experiences... Um, I, I, it feels like quite uh, universal to me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. correct. But so, like, to the recently bi person who asked this, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Have fun. Yeah, I wonder if your experience is similar. <laughs> Tell us about it in the comments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, I would love to ask the next question because mm. I have no answer for it. I, I'm also perplexed. Yes. What is your stance on outside clothes versus inside clothes? Okay. And uh, part two, part two, should there be bed clothes versus common area clothes? No idea what this now, means. Now, we touched on this in the previous episode with Pooja. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I feel that there's a... That I want to bring it up with you too as well. Sure. Yeah. I, why do you not understand this question, Nicholas? And maybe I just like... Uh, let, for all the listeners, I just want everybody to know what everybody's wearing. Okay, okay. So, Nicholas is wearing like... Um, a blue tank top made of like uh, well he's dressed very sportily mm-hmm. I think because you're going to play badminton later yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah okay and Kishan's just wearing a basic uh, t-shirt and uh, shorts right? yeah. mm-hmm. as am I but I'm at home okay so um, hey, why do you not understand the question Nicholas like the question being inside clothes and outside clothes because is there a difference there is no difference Same. you know what I mean like the inside clothes can go outside 100% 100% no, no, no. Yes. Exactly what I said no, in the last no, episode. No, no, no. Yeah, um, girl, you... So, Kishan and I disagree about this and now we are disagreeing. No, when you leave the house, you put on a different set of clothes. Like, there's a different... You cannot wear the same clothes you wear at home outside. No. No, I will walk from <laughs> my bed to the supermarket. Same. No! I, I have done that. No! I have done that, yeah. No, you absolutely cannot do that. <laughs> I done that. Yeah. You, so you don't feel this sense of needing to put on a a, diff, a more decent like public facing set of clothes? No lah. Public, public facing. Where would the hell you, am okay, I? What, would you con- wear? What, what, what would you? Would you wear the same clothes you wear to bed to watch a a movie? Yeah, I mean, possibly. If I, if I can. Okay, look. Example. I can wear this to sleep and go to the movies. Same. <gasps> yeah. To go shopping. To shopping. Of course. To go to anywhere. Orchard go Orchard Road. Hundred percent. Girl, you have ultra clothes. I will wear this as I have, I have, I have nice clothes that I will wear out to 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 be in public in general. I mean, like, okay, there is degrees. Like, if I'm going to the supermarket, I would put on like a less chachat looking t-shirt <laughs> and shorts, right? A less chachat looking okay. t-shirt. Short. But if I'm going to like a shopping center, I would wear like what I ha- I have, you know, outside clothes. What are the public considerations? Like aesthetics, you know, for like whom? nice fashiony clothes. Okay, I mean it makes for sense. For myself. It makes, okay, it makes sense. Fine. You know what? You know, it's it Joel, the aesthetics I see <laughs> has said that we need inside Correct. and outside clothes. I mean, right? Okay, okay. No, I, I, okay, I feel I, this is a self thing. Like if you need to do it for yourself, uh, and it's not I'm not shaming anybody, but if you need to do it for yourself, then do it for yourself. Okay, like, okay. Some people just don't. Okay, okay. This is for me really coming up against a worldview that I am not familiar with. So I'm <laughs> I, I'm very, very intrigued because like in, is this, this this is like one it's like a a, a, a law of physics for me, yeah. <laughs> like gravity. Yeah, like, it's like gravity. <laughs> right. So it's so interesting for me, and I'm not judging. Sure. Even though I sound like I am, right. like okay, it's just fascinating that there's no distinction. Wow. Absolutely no it's distinction. Like my mom brought me up to kind of like always dress up. No, my mom would scold me. I just don't care lah. Okay, okay. Uh, like peripheral question: Would you ever leave the house without wearing underwear? Yes. Yes. <gasps> Many times I've done that. What? You know what? Yeah. It actually feels good. Yeah. I've been to town it's without wearing underwear. It's called balling. There's yeah. an entire tele- telegram group for it. Oh. Really? Yeah. But why? Hey, Caleb wants to know where later, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but why is free balling a telegram group? Why is there a culture built around it? Is it just like a... Is it like a... Uh, oh my goodness, girl. Is it a sex thing? Yes. Okay, please elaborate. This is, this is why you have so little sex. <laughs> It's because I, I wear too many layers. Right? It's, like, it's, it's impenetrable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Are people that do not believe in underwear or do not wear underwear and they go around... Of whatever gender. In this context, male. it's primarily male because also uh, they also um, wear tights, right? 
So they go to the gym and they wear tights and because they wear tights, you know, you can see la. Oh, can see the can free, see can see everything the balls. Ah, so it's a kink thing, is it, it? I think it's definitely a kink thing. And and so what happens on the Telegram group? Do they just share pictures of their ballless looks for the day? I mean, their their their, <laughs> I mean, their ball, I, their free ball looks of the day. Not ball. Looks, <laughs> free like, ball. Look, look at the way today's bulge is forming. Right. Is that it? I mean, I mean, I I am not in the group. I'm aware of its existence. Uh, okay. You yeah, are. You you're a casual just, onlooker. Yeah, you mean just for general knowledge, general knowledge sake. Right. You mm. know what I mean? Like um. So yeah. So they they you know. Basically, maybe uh, share uh, tight suggestions. Oh, uh, fascinating! You know they. Oh, um, they share. Uh, you know, like uh, a pickleball shorts. You know what I mean? So like you wear. Oh, can see come out can, a little bit. Yeah, la. can see a little bit, little bit, little bit. Because the shorts are a bit too loose, and you're not wearing underwear, so sometimes the ball peeks out. Pickleball. Oh, I'm having aneurysm. <laughs> Why do I get the impression that I am some kind of like pruder, nineteenth century prude, and you guys are living in the future or something? Why do I have so much anxiety about these things? But to point back at the question, dear, okay, we let's go and find out who sent this question. But, we? but we probably lost it. Yeah, lost Whoever it, asked it. this question, please get in touch. I feel we need to form a support group. <laughs> Because clearly, this person has experience, who has has gay friends like me who have no conception of inside outside clothes. Because I have seen some gays leave the house dressed like like going to the market and they're going to watch a play, right? And I'm just like, yeah. is, is that really what you left the yeah. house in? Mm. And I'm trying not to be a snob about it, but maybe I am a You're little bit. Already yeah. past that point. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. 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 Yeah. Okay. Wow. Let me just hold. Yeah, I'm, just, wow. <laughs> I'm so glad you had this experience because <sighs> okay, I okay. felt so outnumbered the other time. I'm so glad Nicholas agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Have you always had a strong network of supportive sisters around you? Joe, 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 Joe. Why are you looking at me? I don't know. You, because we really took each took one question, right? So now your turn. Uh, have I always had an? Yeah. Okay. Well, so you know, to cast my memory back to the secondary school days, right? I remember. You know, I was saying earlier how I gravitated towards other fanboys. Yeah. So we found each other in, very early because. Uh, we, we, we knew we were being made fun of mm. uh, and we knew we enjoyed each, each other's company and then even actually some of them have gone on to be allegedly straight so I, I don't think it's necessarily a, a gay thing necessarily mm. yeah. right but, so it was just a bunch of effeminate boys and I know that we were called like uh, <laughs> uh, we, we were we were nicknamed the JMD, JMD. the Jie <laughs> Tang <laughs> Which, uh, how do you translate that into English, <laughs> so Nicholas? Cute, right? is like sister. 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 That tongue is... Group? Group, yeah. It was but because it's, but we, it's more, more for like singers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no. But it's because uh, we were learning about Chinese history at the time and we were learning about the Kuomintang, oh, which is the, 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 the Republican group that succeeded and went to Thailand. Yes, uh, yes. To Taiwan, Taiwan. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we were learning about it and then someone just said, Eh, you're the Mei Tang! JMD! And so everywhere we went, right... It, it became like widespread. The whole school knew who we were. Amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Actually, it's a beautiful name. Like, I, I, I like yeah, it. Yeah, you know. So I learned about the concept of sisterhood quite early in my yeah. life. Yeah. We met, and we were in a boys' school, but funnily enough, we never competed for men mm. <laughs> because we weren't having crushes. I think it felt dangerous at the time too. Ah, so it was one, course, it was one course. thing to be effeminate, yeah. but a very different thing to hit on boys. Uh, yeah. 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 To act on this whole Yeah, impulse. so we would just sit around and like have crushes on like celebrities mm-hmm. or oh, okay. anything, but we didn't. 
quite safe, yeah. yeah. But we did have crushes on boys in school, but they were also trolls, lah. They were all like ogres, you know. They all like left the house wearing the same clothes that they went to sleep of in. Of course, <laughs> it's inside, inside, outside yeah. people. Correct. <laughs> I think this is an important question because, you know, it is important to have a, a network of supportive sisters, you know. I think for a lot of us, yes, we've been around a lot of sisters, but supportive, mm, yeah, debatable, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's something that you have to actively work towards, you know what I mean? Yeah, because oh, supportive in what sense, right? Like, what what do you, what kind of support do you need from, you know, your your your, your gang of queers, right? Mm. It's, it's because I actually think like, sometimes friends can be a very damaging presence sure. where they're trying to hold you down or hold you back sometimes because they, 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 they don't want you to grow or evolve. And this is something we talked about in the last episode, right? right. Sometimes friends can be, uh, uh, the comfort of friendship can be a negative force, right? Mm-hmm. Or they can actually uh, abet bad behaviours in you and each other. Yeah, and also, you know, especially, you know, if you uh, grow up, you know, in a, in an environment where your family is not supportive of your sexuality, then yes. you need to develop a relationship, you know, that's almost familiar so that, you know, that you can lean and rely on. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's that idea of like finding your tribe, right? Which exactly. I think is, is very important. I think it's like a lot of, uh, there's a lot of queer family building, uh, there's a lot of family building that happens yeah. in queer, queer friendships, I, yeah. I, I think for Caleb, like, being queer changes over time. Like, what it means to be to be gay and queer changes changed over time. And I think it's important to also understand when certain things need to, need to be let go. Mm. And I think su- support comes in many different forms and you might not need some support in some parts of your life or you might need it in some other parts of your life. So letting certain things go, even though difficult, is necessary. Yeah. I think there's an interesting flip to this question, which is like, do you have a lot of close straight friends? Oh, that's mm. an interesting flip. Yeah. No. no, right? I don't think Caleb does as well. I mean, I do have... I have close straight friends, yeah, but like, I wouldn't say they're in the overwhelming majority. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, I mean, some of my closest friends are, are straight people and that's and they're wonderful allies, obviously. Sure. Yeah, but... But I if would, we're looking at it proportionally... Actually, no, yeah. I cancel that. I do. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have close straight okay. friends. But proportion-wise? Proportion-wise, the major- vast majority of my circle is queer, but there are close straight friends. No, but it, why is it that why is it that is, is this the case? Is it fear? No, it I just think it's like a residual fear. No, uh. no, I also think that I think straight people like start to go off on a, a different path quite early. Right. You know oh, what I mean? It's just see. like how before we recorded today, we we're talking about the significance of turning 35, right? Because mm-hmm. I've turned 35, I turned 35 this year, and then Nicholas was saying, you know, it, how it's like kind of a milestone for gays. Mm-hmm. Because we can finally in buy Singapore a house. Mm. Yeah. You know, in Singapore at least. So it feels like uh, you're put on a very different trajectory. Yeah. You know? And I feel like queers give ourselves room to explore very weird and divergent aspects of our mm-hmm. personhood. And so I feel like we're naturally drawn to other queers because we can go and explore these weird things together. <laughs> I, and obviously, I'm generalizing. But then also, I guess like if you're straight, you're sort of socialized into prioritizing different things in your life, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that's why when gays hit a certain age they you know i noticed also they can become quite socially conservative because suddenly all these concerns that like they were sort of cut free from early become a thing mm. you know adulting like adulting yeah. becomes yeah. a thing but a bit later for queers and i i, I right I right yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Mm. lovely well, thank you for that question i hope yeah. you whoever asked this question have a lovely network of sisters yeah, or, yeah. yeah. or brothers or non-binary brown yeah, yeah. yeah correct Any tips for surviving queer loneliness? Oh, and for this question, who do we have? I know, with and us I, I wanted to take some time now to invite uh, Professor Emeritus. 
uh, <laughs> who is just fresh off his whirlwind book and lecture tour. Yes. <laughs> the the subject matter expert on queer loneliness. On queer loneliness. Joseph! <laughs> <laughs> oh, why is it so true and painful <laughs> you know, at the same you know, you know, time? That, that split second, I didn't know whether you were laughing or crying or a little bit of both. But that's the essence of my experience. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, is it laugh or cry? Yeah. I feel like this question, you can. Like, you can, you can take Any us through it. Any tips for surviving mm, queer loneliness? Wow. Honestly, I don't know, you know. <laughs> I know I've just come off this like whirlwind book tour, but I don't know that I'm surviving it very well. Actually, so the book was inconclusive. Like. Yeah, yeah, it was a cliffhanger ending. <laughs> okay. Why are queer people, why do they have a tendency to be so lonely? Okay, okay. yes. So I, I, I believe that we do not have a monopoly on loneliness. Of course Everybody's not. Lonely, yeah. But we are certainly the biggest consumers of it because... <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lana Del Rey. <laughs> Summertime sadness. You know, I mean, because you know, our, 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 you know, because you know, we've been ostracized since a young age. You know, what I mean, and we we have you know learned to live with this loneliness, mm. you know, for a very long time, and also a lot of our surrounding environment tells us that we are going to be lonely and we have sometimes internalized that, you know, on a very deep level. And speaking of loneliness, right, you know, there is this very vivid scene again in my head, you know, <laughs> of me in uh, in St. Pat's again, you know, after school by myself in a corner of the school playing my recorder by myself. <laughs> These were very formative years for you. Oh my god! <laughs> you didn't know about it. Oh my goodness! Oh my days! Yes. I I. <laughs> But okay, here is one tip I think, which is to find ways to laugh about it, and I mean this with full sincerity. Oh, okay, there is okay. something, there's something deeply camp about the loneliness that we queers experience because it's an experience of loneliness that has haunted us yeah. since we were kids, and that we've lived with and tended to like a garden, mm -hmm. and so you want to be able to like actually find some kind of comedy in mm. it and to realize that loneliness is a function of the human experience that doesn't always have to be miserable or melancholy but it can actually be actually quite darkly funny and comforting and I don't know how to express that more precisely sure. but it's like when I was reacting to that image of Nicholas play <laughs> the, it was not it was not a, a savage or mocking laughter it was a laughter of deep recognition <laughs> Correct. That I think in this moment binds us in a kind <laughs> really of like, sisterly really. solidarity. <laughs> and I am holding space for that part of all of us who has it in us. And yeah. I think it is about seeing the loneliness in someone else and going, I see you. Yeah. And you're fine. Yeah, correct. And I, and I, I, I think that's the that's the one support we queers can offer each other is to go, we've all been there. We've mm. all been super lonely. So it is to, you know. It, it's the the it's it's the only way out. Loneliness is to seek 
some form of companionship. It doesn't always have to yes. be romantic yes, companionship. Sure. Amen. It doesn't always have to be sexual companionship. Yeah. It can really just be the companionship of people who have the same flavor of morosness that you do. Yeah. Who I, recognize yeah. recorder sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, to latch on to what Nicholas said just now about about when we grew up, when we grow up, we have to unlearn all these mm. things, right? I find in Singapore, the sense of acuteness is particularly yeah. acute mm. because of what 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 people have been told about the gay community and and the the the, the, the structures that, that heterosexuals have, you know, in life. Like, oh, these are the these are the markers you get: family, get HDB, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever. And we see. It's gay people it, not having it, this. It is the closing in of the imagination around the queer individual. Yeah. I feel that Here it's particularly it's, it's, in la. Singapore is particularly corrosive because, like you know, we're not allowed to live out and proud necessarily. Uh, the social structures here don't benefit us at all. Uh, yeah. The and then like you know the main mainstream gay male. Let's talk about gay male society. Sort of super internalizes a lot of these toxic narratives and inflicts it on themselves. Mm, right. So whether this manifests in like um body culture or whether this manifests in like you know um, the values around work and 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 finance and whatever it, it, it becomes a sort of prison of our own making Correct. and then like if you are a little bit of an against the grain gay or an unconventional you know or you're not like conventionally beautiful like the other boys are or you don't have that body you don't want to pursue it it can become like a prison within a prison mm-hmm. so I, I I know where this question comes from and it's a deeply kind of like paralyzing lonely space obviously right. because you kind of want their to you want there to be solidarity in a space sure. filled with other queers, but more often than not, so you know there's many coming outs, right? So there's a the coming out you have to yourself when you're a kid, but then when you have that coming out to other gays or other queers, and you realize how like destructive or how violent that space can be, yeah, it is. It feels like a betrayal. Mm. Which is also a companion emotion to loneliness, I guess. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any tips, I guess. It's, it's, I, I mean, I want to say it's things like having more confidence in yourself, which, mm. is, you know, that's one aspect. It is, it's, it's, I think for me, it's been knowing where I stand, where I come from, and what I'm about, and trying to hold on to that as a sort of ballast against, you know, all the, all the toxicity. But it's hard. I don't think I do that mm, yeah. very successfully on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, my advice is really to develop friendships because I think that, you know, especially when we come out, you know, I mean, we kind of, again, put the, you know, monogamous relationship on a pedestal and really mm. we are really just solely focused on developing or finding a partner. You know what I mean? Yes. And there's so much energy yes. devoted to that. Yes, 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 yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And you don't realise that there are relationships around you that require yeah. that same amount of time and effort. And really, I, I really, really advise you to build that sisterhood. Yeah. Agree. Build, build, yeah, no, it's so 100%. I think queer friendship is honestly more important than uh, romantic and sexual relationships. Right. And you know, the best one is when they can be all three, but like, hey... Yeah, um, I, I, I think I'm struggling with this now, right? Like, I'm 35 this year, and I feel like I'm a, a big source of my anxiety and unhappiness comes from this pursuit of uh, romantic and sexual mm, mm. Uh, intimacy that I, I, I feel like I've internalized as a narrative, and it's a very corrosive mm. one. Yeah, and I guess I, I don't know how to fight with it because like, there's a part of me that obviously really deeply desires it, but then I also can stand back from it and go, why do I fixate over this so much? And then you're right, it's because of all these narratives that we've been taught, right? That like the only fulfilling relationships are going to be romantic or sexual ones. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for me, what I'm experiencing is that I'm so deprived in those aspects of my life at the moment mm. that I can't see that actually I've got like other forces that are sustaining me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, okay, and then I, I, I don't know. Uh, just off the top of that, I think the last thing I want to say about this is my only advice is to not pass it on. 
mm. is not oh, to pass yeah. on toxicity to other queers. Is not to become a, a jailer. Mm. Right. You know, it's to is to have a clarity of vision about what the toxicity is, what the narratives are, what the harmful ideas are, name them, isolate them, and if you can't remove them from your life, the last thing you, you the, the, the least you could do is not pass it on to someone else. So build a better community. Build la. a better community, starting with yourself and your immediate it's you. friendship. It's, it's you. It's, it's you who builds community. community. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the last question very nicely uh, leads from the previous one is, should gay people leave Singapore if they truly want to have a life? Mm. <sighs> oh gosh. Wow. Okay, uh, what's your experience? You've lived abroad. Yeah, you know, um, so I've lived in the US, uh, in Philadelphia. That's where I went to university. Mm. And I don't know, you know, it's, it's, it's strange because, you know, uh, when I went over to the US, it, it was a very somewhat jarring experience because, you know, although outwardly I look Caucasian, internally I feel Asian, mm. right? <laughs> and, you know, the best way I can describe it is, is you know, there's these like two ends of, of frayed wires that are trying to meet each other, but they're not. You know what I mean? Um, I, I would say that because of my racial makeup, I managed to pass off as either, uh, you know, Latino or, or white. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's generally what people uh, would associate me with. Mm. Um, you know, and I think there are many beautiful and wonderful things about uh, living overseas. Uh, you know, you, know uh, you, you open yourself up to, you know, new experiences. You discover things, you know, you know, you never thought possible. I mean, one of the very pivotal moments, uh, you know, in uh, that I had uh, in living overseas in the U.S. is the decision to completely leave uh, religion or oh. deciding to believe that there is not a God. Mm. That happened overseas. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that happened overseas. You know, and I think that, you know, because... Because I was away from Singapore, that allowed that space for that to happen. You mm. know what I mean? Because in Singapore, you know, you're still very closely tied to a very religious community and it's all very present and it permeates mm. everything. You right, know what I mean? Right. Uh, and so, you know, you the, the, the overseas experience, you know, allows you to have these experiences that you may not necessarily have in Singapore. Yeah, and it's not necessarily... Uh, gay or queer only thing. I think ev- anyone could stand to benefit from living um, you know wherever they are from right it's like the experience of living away from the country where you were raised is going, to, is going to be a transformative <clears throat> it's going to be a transformative one so it's a, it's a difficult question to answer but I know what the root of it is right it's mm-hmm. this sense that there's something about Singapore and the impossibility of imagining yeah. a fruitful um queer existence exactly. that feels like uh, super fucking depressing and that yeah. you know the, the, there is a sense that the only way to experience uh, you know that kind of life is to leave yeah. you know like when we went to watch Fag Hag by Pam Wee right she was talking about how she has so many beautiful vibrant creative gay friends growing up uh, and then they all left one after another because they couldn't get married here, for example. Mm, mm. <clears throat> they couldn't um, pursue whatever kinds of interests or careers mm. they wanted here. They just Or they just got fed up and they, the only way that they flourished was to leave. Right? Mm. And that's the kind of narrative that we are sort of familiar with. Right? It's a kind of like, uh, they call it a, a pink drain sure. like a, or a brain yeah, drain, of, yeah, yeah. which doesn't apply specifically to gay people. I think lots of, lots of very creative um, 
uh, very politically progressive people also yeah. eventually it's, feel like they need to leave. It's not yeah. a narrative that, that we also just cook up. Sometimes it's a narrative that just thrown onto us you know people are like uh, if you're not happy you just go lah yeah. so it's enforced yeah right you, you hear know? that too it's like you yeah. Know, yeah so it's a sense that here there's a sort of self-selecting quality to people who can be comfortable with this state of affairs right uh, and then everybody else who's not comfortable is actually you're right just yeah. total fuck off right yeah. yeah. and then like the the it's like oh, okay you tell me fuck off fine I'll just go correct right but I don't know. I really don't know. But it's also yeah. not that easy. You know, you can't just yeah, like exactly. up and go. Because mobility you know I mean? is not, yeah. you know, it's not. What kind of queer life do you do want? Do you want? Mm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because Singapore offers a very specific kind of queer life. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, and yeah, if it's, you know, if you want to, you know, maybe get married legally, you can't do that here. Mm. Yeah. You know, if you want to, you know, raise children, you know, technically you can, but it's extremely difficult and very expensive, mm. you know. I, I think what it is for me is a sense that people want to live the fullness of their humanity here in a way that pulls on all aspects of who they are, sexually, romantically, uh, you know, uh, aesthetically even, right? And yeah. I think I'm very lucky in that I work in the arts and my entire professional community is super fucking liberal and open and progressive and accepting and actually very queer in its own right, right? Sure. And I've been able to lead a very, f- live very fully in that regard in quite a public way as a queer uh, person. Uh. But I also recognize that this is not, not everybody can do that because of the kind of jobs that they have mm-hmm. or the kind of families that they come from as well. And yeah. so there's a lot of like blocks uh, that I put in the way of... And actually, even I living this fully also feel that there's parts of myself that are quite paralyzed by this place. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, for me, it manifests in like, the, you know, the kinds of men I want to date mm-hmm. or the kind of people I want to date. Uh, yeah. The kind of, uh, you know, the kind of body culture that I want to live in. I, I, I can't find it here, for example. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Um, so it's, it's stuff like that, you know, that's diff- and, and that is actually also a function of life in Singapore, which right. you know, I, we could go into, but let's not. Actually, right? yeah. to, to pick on that point a little bit, Caleb does feel like that at some point because of the nature of Caleb's work, right? Caleb can't outrightly say that he's gay or anything like that. And at one point, leaving the country was all Caleb wanted to do. But sometime, like a few years later, it felt like it was a cowardice act. Like there's an opportunity Mm. to stay, Mm. to perhaps change minds, even a little bit here and Mm. there, to then effect some sort of bigger change in this country. Mm. So so the, the act of leaving felt selfish. It is. Yeah. And actually it's that thing of sometimes you just gotta look after yourself, right? But yeah. But it's I don't know, I don't know. My my sense with it is that Yes, I I think that there's a lot of value in wanting to stay and 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 kind of seed change and healing right in whatever mm. capacities you can. But then when you look at the forces you're up against, yeah. Okay. First of all, there's this government, mm-hmm. right? And then there are like the the structures of conservative power here as well. Yeah, that seep into the civil service, that seep into you know all into public life. Um, and then there is like this this thing we contend with also with a certain kind of. Specific the, the moral flavor here that is a is a mix of you know different sort of cultural backgrounds. Sure, mm-hmm. it's it's a formidable formidable uh structure that we are faced up, up against. against. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it can feel like how you know, and then you look at how what what does it mean to organize here as a community? It's so hard, right? It's been so hard even to get something like Pink Dot off um the ground. And it's answerable not only to, uh, you know, it's answerable not only to the state and to the public, it's also answerable to queers within the community. You know, every year Pink Dot is like, you know, goes through a kind of controversy where it's criticised for its politics and all that. Mm. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot that's going on. It's hard to organise and it's hard to organise against this 
massive structure of power, it can feel kind of like daunting, debilitating, and uh, debilitating yeah. and hopeless. So right? you know, on that thought, right? You know, it, it, but yes, these structures exist. Yes, they are real, but we do not have to always, you know, keep ramming ourselves against it and keep tackling you know, this large, huge machine, you know what I mean? The way in which, you know, I find it's a survival tip mm. uh, and, you know, it's something that COVID has brought on mm. is really being intentional, intentional about building community. So, you know, mm. ever since COVID hit, you know, we have these like social restrictions, you know, although it has, you know, cut us off from the larger parties, which we enjoy, you know, it has, we have also become, you know, we also have had to become more intentional about the people that we invite to the table. Mm. And the way I survive, you know, uh, being a queer Singaporean is to basically concentrate on the the community within the community. So exactly. there's the larger community yep. and then it's the community that I'm building. Yep. Right. Which actually is by dint of being closer to you actually more uh, profound. Mm. Right. <clears throat> and you can get a lot of healing in that space by building small communities and like weathering it together. Because mm. actually the notion of like the wider community is quite illusory sometimes. What is. is that? Yeah. What is that, right? right. Where, where does it meet? Who, what does it look like? Correct. You know, it's, 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 it's actually, it's an imaginative property, right? Which is not a criticism. Yeah, but I think you're right. Like only thing that keeps us sane is like the small, you know, the friendships we have, mm-hmm. you know, the podcasts we make, yeah. uh, the little spaces where we gather to talk about these things. And, and, and you know, I think, I think where it gets a bit exhausting is that when we want to move the needle politically on yeah, things great. that's where it's hard la. but that's hard across the board whether it's like environmentalism or women's rights you right. know or, 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 or labour rights or migrant worker rights it's hard to move the needle on things here mm. because it's it's, 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 it's it's debilitating to organise mm. and the stakes are high right or for trying to effect change from the ground up but you know yeah Correct. It's you. It's you. It's you. It's you, it's you who builds community. We really keep coming back to that statement. Uh. Yeah. Like, it makes me wonder. It makes me think about the fact that the gay community has a lot to work on itself. Girl. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot to work on on itself. Yeah. It, like community building doesn't have to be this act of like you know, it doesn't have to look a certain way. I guess mm. is what I'm saying. I think mm. it doesn't have to be like organizing events. Yeah. It doesn't have to be organizing book clubs. I mean, it can be all of those things. But I think it's also about how we we nurture the communities that we are already naturally part of. Exactly. Yeah. And not toxify them. Yes. Right? And not uh, belittle them or dismantle them. You know, and actually try and make them better. The communities we are already part of, right? Yeah. Yeah. And mm. I have faith. Do you? I actually do. Mm. Uh, so I guess what forward, is the yeah. answer to the question? Does a queer have to leave Singapore to be happy? I think it depends on what you want at the end of the day. Lah. Yeah. It's your own personal happiness. What does that look like? It's like mm. what Nick was saying. Yeah. Mm. What what kind of queer life do you want? Mm. Ask yourself and, you know, be honest with yourself with the answers. And if you truly feel that, you know, the things that you want in life, you are unable to, you know, have them in Singapore, you know, then work towards, you know, leaving. You know what I mean? But I have to say, having gone overseas and back, the other thing that you will... Um, you will bump up against is that when you leave your identity, you know, becomes in stark contrast, mm. right? You know what I mean? Because everything else becomes foreign and mm. what you suddenly, you know, crave really is just another elusive concept of this, this is home. home. <laughs> 
Truly. No, correct. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like you always lo- you always lose something in translation, basically. I think is what you're saying, right? When you move somewhere else, you leave something behind. Yeah. And then you become a different person when you leave. That's not necessarily a full version of yourself either. Mm. So it's that, you know, it's like, it's that thing we opened with, right? It's like you, you know, when you want to leave a religion to, you know, it's a choice, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, and, and, there's, and, and no choice can ever be like uh, totally fulfilling. Yeah, it's constant negotiation of what you can live with. Lah. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Hey, very huh. depressing, eh? Oh, very, very depressing, depressing eh? Deep thoughts, deep thoughts. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. But should, we, should, we try, should we try and end on a, on a happier note? Happier yeah. Yeah. Okay, what can we talk about? In I don't know what you're looking forward to. Is there anything you're looking forward to, Joe? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. yeah it's in life in general? 2022, yeah, maybe? Yeah, 2022, girl. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Joe? I think you need to maybe like pick up your recorder. No, 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 no. I have... I have <laughs> Put up my recorder again. Pick up your recorder again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's the culture the world needs. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your solo recital. Mm. Just downstairs yeah. the block. You just play lah. Yeah. <laughs> what were you guys looking forward to? I mean, I've got things to look forward to. You know, um, so I feel you know very hashtag blessed that uh, <laughs> you know in June uh, it'll be my tenth anniversary Aww. with my partner. Oh, that's nice. We come and play recorder for you. Can yeah, we can play recorder. That's lovely. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, what are you gonna? What are you guys gonna do? Absolutely no idea. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you know, especially in queer relationships, like you have to invent these things, you know, so to speak. You know, there's no wedding. Correct. You know what yeah. I mean? So you have to. I always feel like in queer relationships, right? You have to work extra hard because you know some people, some queer people, oh, ten, 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 or like oh, one year, one year, long. You know mm. that kind of thing that there isn't. You know, we don't have the formalized structure, so we have to create them. You right. know what I mean? So I make sure that I celebrate milestones. You know, right. that's great. Um, I, so I like, no idea. Like, <laughs> you are those couples who are like, uh, it's our two month anniversary, baby. Oh no 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 no! Oh my god, girl! No 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 no! no, 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 no. At least like one year, I'm two like, year lah. I'm like, you know what? Like when I first heard that term, mansuri, oh. I was like. Is that even a word? No, it's not. Uh. It's like capitalist jargon. Capitalist jargon. Uh. I'm like, <laughs> girl, is it months anniversary? I'm like, girl, if your relationship is surviving month on month, Correct, it is right. on life support. Yes. Okay, girl. Oh, it's yeah. horrible. You need to work on it. Well, well and, and you, Kishan or Caleb, like uh, anything that you or Caleb are looking forward to? Uh, I can't. I don't know about Caleb, but mm. I, 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 this year is just I'm just looking forward to surviving because, like you, Joel, I also feel that this year is like a continuation of 2021. So I'm yeah. gonna flip back to a bit of the depressive mode I'm yeah. just surviving if I can survive it I'm happy well I mean I like when I say I don't have anything to look forward to like professionally I've got a lot and creatively I've got a lot you of do stuff on the plate you it's do. kind of nuts how much I have on the plate and I, I, I don't know it's that thing of me feeling a bit hollow about having mm. done so well like in in my professional life mm. you know as an artist I've got a lot but I feel very hollow except for I mean all my projects nurture me and I love them very much but like there's something I, maybe I'm just depressed I have imposter la. syndrome maybe I la. do have imposter yeah. syndrome Girl. yeah I do have incredible imposter syndrome where I feel like none of the things I'm doing uh, I deserve or mm. I or that I will no. somehow I will somehow disappoint everybody <laughs> but I think I'm also depressed I thought we were going to end on a happy note. No, girl, don't let me, don't let me, don't let me girl, have the last one. We circled back. <laughs> we circled back. <laughs> <laughs> this is the T42 experience. <laughs> Well, dear listeners, we've come to the end of part two. A two-parter, leh. Yay. Featuring a, Nicholas DeRue. Is this our first two-parter episode? It is our first two-parter episode. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, we, oh, we so love having you We on, really Nicholas. have. Mm, it's been very yeah. fun. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, we were teasing the idea maybe we should have a spin-off series. <laughs> T for gay. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> yeah, where we just sit around and just like like talk about yeah, we yeah. just like yeah, just, it, no, we just sit around and talk about it and invoke childhood memories. Yeah. Correct. We, yeah. Oh my god, I can you imagine by the time we're done, Trauma. Re- by the time we're re- we are done recalling all those memories, we'll be seventy five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our childhood oh, will catch up with terrible. us. Terrible. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank Nicholas, you, for Nicholas. Your, your valuable insights and your horrific yeah, it's been childhood so much memories. Fun. Yeah, it's been so much fun. Yeah. Mm, and thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in mm, yet again. And for all the questions and for all your questions, which we yes. hope we answered. Try yeah. to la, try uh, to la. And you know, until next time, this has been Joel signing off. This is Kishan and this is Nick D. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.